as one of our core values here as Providence Baptist Church, we declare that worship, worship is central to what we do as a congregation. Our worship, we say, is designed to invoke the Holy Spirit's movement among us. And that we also believe that worship happens beyond this hour, beyond the Sunday morning gathering time. Our sense of worship in that sense, extending beyond our Sunday morning hour together, embraces the meal at 4 p.m. in Providence House next door. And it also embraces our potlucks and our dinners on Wednesday nights and our Tuesday morning free-for-all discussions of the scripture and breakfast. Closely connected with hospitality, worship is the time set aside for an encounter with the holy. The time where we get to play the part of both host and guest. We welcome each other every week into this particular geographical setting and building. Even as we fully know we are guests in the larger place and time of God's presence. This presence that is the giving, drawing power of love that brings us together week after week. Worship itself has many definitions to what it is and what it isn't. Our whole semester studying worship in seminary still doesn't capture the full complexity of this thing that we do, this thing that we are part of, that we get to participate in. And we all could probably come up with our own definitions of what worship is based on our experiences with it. And all of us, in our statements, would have a degree of accuracy. We're all right when one way or another, when we try to describe what is worship. But that could take a while. It did on Tuesday. So what we're going to do is think about, instead, what worship does. Its effect on those caught up in it, changed by it, and what those who participate in this kind of passionate worship are to be and do as a result. What makes worship passionate? That may be an unsettling adjective to our Southern, white, Protestant, and Baptist sensibilities. But let's consider that without passion, worship is dry. It's routine, boring, predictable, Keeping the form, but lacking a certain spirit, a fire. And when this happens, people come and go without receiving God. But passionate worship speaks of an emotional connection that goes deeper than an intellectual consent, whether it was a good idea or good experience of worship. Passionate worship fosters a yearning to be authentically in relationship with God, with one another, and the world that God created and still creates in, around, and through us. 
passionate worship is a response to God's response to us. We participate in worship through praise and awe-filled recognition of God's ongoing work all around us. Worship done with passion, with a desire and an expectation to experience the holy, lifts our eyes from finding typos in the bulletin, or checking our watches when the service goes on too long, or the preacher keeps talking and is boring. (coughs) Worship done with passion shifts our thoughts away from critiquing the choices of hymns, or a speaker's style of reading. Or the illustrations in the sermon could have been a little stronger. And instead, worship done with passion opens us up to a recognition of our need to be with God and to praise God with one another in awe-filled wonder and gratitude. The psalmist who writes, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Describes an image of summoning people from whatever they're doing and a simultaneous movement of individuals towards a common center. It's an image of persons becoming community because they're drawn by something larger than themselves. A singular I becomes the plural we in passionate worship because we have reordered our lives in order to belong. The empty places in our souls are filled through the head and heart knowing that we belong together in a spirit of awe and praise. The sound of the genuine The Spirit of God echoes in each one of us, summoning us to this place to be together even when, as sometimes is said, we aren't sure if we like each other. Because it's a glimpse of heaven that we're after. Seeking God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that we've got the best chance of stumbling upon it or into it together. This worship as passion takes a willingness which involves some trust. A trust that's comfortable with vulnerability and tension and letting go of safety in routine worship in order to set out on an adventure that is of the Spirit's devising. The focus shifts from what we get out of worship for ourselves to a focus on what worship evokes from us. What does worship get out of us instead of what we get out of worship? And one of the lasting marks of passionate worship is whether or not we're better or more compassionate or kinder Christians at the end of it than we are at the beginning. Have we grown in love of God and of our neighbor? Have we come to the closer recognition that we are made for compassionate companionship? 
that the God who companions us and expects us to do the same for the world that God so loves. Let's consider our form for worship each week. The liturgy, literally the work of the people, that's what liturgy means, that guides all of us people in an attitude of expectation for God to show up in this weekly time we have set aside. But what if we extend the practices of our liturgy beyond our time together? Where might we go? Who might we be? How might we live differently if each day we allowed periods of silence into our daily routines, a stopping and settling, centering down in silence? Or a song of praise to fall from our lips as the first words we speak in the morning? Or if at points throughout our day we lift up prayers of intercession, lament, and petition for God to stir in the world and stir in us a new way of being. Or if we read our scripture every day with an eye and an ear and a heart towards discovering more of our story in God's story. How might our lives change because we have come together for worship? As Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, worship and living are not two separate realms. Unless living is a form of worship, our worship has no life. So let's say again, the closing part of our call collective opening this morning. Find it as a way to keep us expectant, anticipatory, and passionate as our time of praise and relationship building with God and God's world continues. Let's say together, as we worship, we open our hearts and our lives to this spirit that we may choose wisely, live rightly, and serve compassionately. We wait for this spirit, for there is much within us waiting to be born. Amen.